Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. My name is Taylor, and I am happy to be back with you again. Um, This episode on today is really... um, catch me on a, if you were to catch me in the last few weeks, I would have said it's a bit of a soapbox uh, moment, but it really isn't. It's something that I've been simmering on and it's not something that I plan to like fuss at you all about, but it is definitely like, okay, let's meet at a coffee shop and let's have a little chat and just talk about some of the things that I'm seeing um, in the human design space and, and particularly within our manifester space, not just within the manifester community, but specifically, but just in the manifester space at large. Um, And some things that I've also talked to other particular types about that I think is important to speak to. And I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to call the episode this, so I guess we'll both find out when the episode goes live, but it's about weaponizing human design against yourself. And one of the reasons why I think it's important to address this is because the people who tend to listen to this podcast, um, I know I was one of them or am one of them, who typically are on some sort of self-discovery, self-growth, um, self-validation journey. They're processing, you know, their life experiences. And typically after finding out, you know, they're a manifester or deepening their, you know, understanding of what that even means, um, somewhere on their deconditioning process, people in those kind of spaces, they they tend to have a zealousness and a a desire to deeply learn all about their human design, how human design works, what it means to be a manifester and how being a manifester really impacts their life. And I think that's beautiful. Obviously, I'm a co-host monthly on this podcast. I am an advocate of learning all the things specifically about your personal experience. Hello, being a one three. I'm all about that individual. Make it about you you know, thing. And so I, I personally love it, but, or not even, but, but, and one of the things that I see that can happen a lot, um, particularly in the maybe first half of that journey is that in the process of beginning to see yourself or see ourselves as manifestors and to better understand what that means practically in our day-to-day life and how not knowing where a manifestor has impacted our day-to-day life, it's very easy to make being a manifestor the thing and somehow demote who we are. And what I mean by that is we will start 
asking questions or looking for answers to how we should live life, how we should value things, how we should approach people in relationships, how we should think of ourselves. And we use human design to either justify our choices or to judge our choices. And to me, and the the perspective that I'm offering on this episode is that is the direction we head in and and that moves us closer towards weaponizing human design against ourselves. What I what I mean by that is human design is a system, a science if you will. It is it is something to study. And because it's something to study, it does not have um the knowledge itself is not Uh, how do I want to say this? The knowledge itself is not necessarily living. The application, the experimentation is the living, breathing aspect of it. And that living, breathing aspect of it is brought to it by the people who live it. It isn't like knowing the idea or the concept of a manifestor is a very, it's a beautiful concept. It's a powerful concept, but what if no one subscribed to it? What if no one believed in it? then we wouldn't have the conversation called human design. There may still be manifestors, but it wouldn't have this kind of social aspect to it. And so the reason why I offer that in this particular episode is that let's just argue you really are like down to the cellular level. We can prove it. You know, I could take you take you to the doctor, perform a test, and you are for sure a manifest. Let's just argue that that's, that's how we, in air quotes, diagnose you um, or identify you as a manifester. If that's really true, then you don't have to try so hard to be one. You don't have to understand every little nuance to your design to be the manifester that you are. And that's so important because when we think about trying to explore and exploring what it means to be a manifester, sometimes what I see us doing is we limit being a manifester to our present level of understanding. But our present level of understanding is limited by the knowledge that we are able to hold, by the amount of experience that we've had, not just life experience, but experience within this science to be even able to explain what's happening for us. And so if you shrink your life to the level of understanding that you have at this given moment, what you lose is life. You lose the life that you are hoping to gain in learning the system. The freedom that you desire comes from your life, not from the system itself. It's so easy, um, not so easy. One of the things that I often hear people say back to me is that, you know, life became easier when they found out they were a manifester in some ways, not not objectively, but in some specific areas, and that it felt like a permission slip once they found out that they were a manifester to be themselves. And I understand the sentiment and quite frankly, I echo the sentiment. But when I pause and really think about what we're saying is I I challenge it. I challenge it with, with the listener, with you, all the listeners, but I also challenge it within myself. I never needed position permission to be myself. I never needed a reason to exist beyond that. I'm here. Human design may give me language to advocate for that existence. It may give me a way to articulate that experience so that I can share that experience with other people. It may be a means to create connection around me being who I am versus me trying to change to be who's with someone else as they are. Yes, it does all of that. It creates more of a path than it does permission. 
because you always had permission. You always had a, a reason why you should be able to be exactly as you are. There was always a reason. There was always um, a chance for you to, to be the way that you were made to be or are made to be. Now, I want to pause here as, as I think it deserves and, and put out a disclaimer. This statement does not ignore, and I do not ignore, the realities of you know, family dynamics, social dynamics, cultural dynamics, systemic injustice, um, patriarchy, like the whole gamut. Just go down the list of things that make it hard for us to... Um, that would make it challenging for any human to fully express who they are. I, I am, that is not lost on me. It may not have been safe to do something, but that doesn't mean you needed permission to do something. That, that's the distinction I'm making. You might've had reasons why you chose or were not able to, or it didn't seem available to you, or it was out of even your awareness. And I validate that experience a hundred percent. And this is one of those moments where we look back and realize, I never needed to ask. I never needed to ask. You never needed to ask to be yourself. And so the system is designed to give us language to articulate who we are being. It's not intended to to unlock this world that was already available to you. You can walk around and just tell people what you're going to do. You didn't necessarily need human design to tell you to do that. You didn't need to know about the concept of strategy and authority to do that. You can you can decide to wait things out and wait for personal clarity. There are people who do that who have no idea about human design. Human design does not is not intended to like restrict and constrict our lives, but time and time again I see in the learning process because of the little taste of freedom that we have when we first find out that we're a manifester, because of the kind of expansiveness that it creates at a cellular level for us, because of that, it can be very easy to attribute the life and the power and the permission to the system than it is to own who we are. And when we do that, in my, from my perspective, I humbly offer that we weaponize human design against ourselves. We make it another authority for that justifies or prevents us from being who we are made to be. All of a sudden, we can't be people who respond sometimes because we're manifestors and we're not made to do that. And that's dangerous and we shouldn't be doing that. And we need to decondition and there's something wrong with you and there's something flawed with you. And so let's start this journey and let's start this process. Or, or you can be a manifester that just sometimes responds and it can just be that neutral. I think this is important to acknowledge in ourselves when, when we might be weaponizing human design against ourselves. And, and it's important because it impedes us and prevents us from learning about human design. It prevents us from learning what it's like to be you as a manifester. You actually don't get the full understanding of your manifester experience until you give yourself permission to be the full expression of your manifesto experience. It's actually really fascinating because when you think about it, human design is the science of differentiation. So me explaining to you what it's like to be a manifester is actually a very limited version of what it might actually be like for you to be a manifester. 
because inherently within baked into the 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 approach or baked into the science is that fundamentally your experience will not be mine and that is the beautiful thing about it but it requires us to take radical self-responsibility for our own experience and for our own understanding of what it means to be a manifester. It means owning that there are parts of my experience that I may not yet have the knowledge level, understanding, or awareness yet to be able to explain within the human design language. And that does not invalidate my experience. And it also doesn't mean that human design does not have space for that aspect of me. There's just a a merging or an integration that is in process. We as humans are in process. Additionally, because human design, the living, breathing aspect of it is reliant on the humans, the people who do the living and the breathing of it, because there is that kind of um, codependency, for, for lack of a better word, until you are willing to acknowledge your differentiation, human design cannot expand. Until you're willing to talk about how you see things different, how you experience different, how it feels different for you, until you are willing to assert your experience and be willing to stand in the space between your experience and the explanation, we don't, human design isn't able to rise to the occasion and and find a way to articulate that for you. Some of the ways, areas that I most see um, on a super practical level that weaponizing human design can show up is number one, looking at the way that we handle our, our relationships. So most of us um, that listen to this, most of us who are already mothers who have, you know, found human design after having children can sometimes use the system and look back on the way on the parenting choices that we are making or have made and be like, wait, am I ruining everything as a mother? Well, maybe, I don't know, but Maybe maybe the reasons why you made those decisions and the approach that you're taking have something to do with your values. And you may not be able to see how your values play out in the language of human design yet, but that doesn't mean that human design does not advocate for you um, parenting with your values. It just means that you may there may be a gap between your experience and the way that you're choosing to show up as a mother and the life lessons that you've learned and the the processing that you've done and the self-reflection and, and the the spouse that you've chosen and the children that you have and their specific makeup. It there might be a gap between your experience and your ability or even your teacher's ability to explain your experience. There is room for you within the system, but it never works if you if you use the system to cut out aspects of your choices and cut out your sovereignty. Another area that I see it show up is in our belief systems. You know, we, we go through life believing things are one way. We believe one thing about ourselves and we believe one thing or we be, believe something about, you know, the people in our lives or the way the world works. And then we find human design and, and we suddenly suspend our belief. Instead of being willing to hold the tension, the tension between, you know, yeah, my daughter might be a projector and my daughter might need the opportunity to develop some social skills. So yes, she can have a penetrating aura at the same time that I as her mother can identify that there are some things that she needs to develop socially to be able to contribute in the ways that she would like to. Both can be true. She doesn't have to apologize for being in process as just a human. 
in the process of maturation. She didn't need to apologize for that. And being a projector isn't um isn't a pass on the on on the need to mature and needing to mature is not best explained by being a projector all of the time it's possible that we can we can look at things from multiple facets and i think that's really important because when you use human design to suspend your beliefs about your children about your spouse about about your faith about time about god when you use it to do that your beliefs are 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 kind of like the cradle for how you see yourself and so it can be important to question some of your beliefs, but sometimes when you pass the buck and instead of saying, I'm going to own what I believe, I'm going to examine what I believe, I'm going to choose what I believe consciously and instead say, here's what human design says, how people work. Here's what human design says, how people operate. Here's what human design says people need and don't need. Even though I, I may not understand exactly what that looks like in my experience, I'm just going to believe what they say and I'm going to suspend my person. Like when we do that, Number one, we limit the expansiveness of human design, but also you invalidate your experience. You also take the carpet up from up under the identity that you're able to hold. It's, it's a funny thing, but our identity is cradled within a set of beliefs. It's hard to see yourself as something that you're not until you can hold some level of belief that that, uh, that that identity is an option. That, that it's even out there for somebody to believe, let alone for you to believe. So it's important to notice, are you using human design to, to kind of weaponize against some of the things that you believe instead of being willing to hold the dissonance, hold the tension for a while and allow them to not quite gel just yet. You may, you may have tons of experience in therapy or, or science or nursing or, or medicine and be, not be able to quite reconcile everything that you've learned about the way that human design says the, the body works versus how, what you've witnessed or what you've studied. It's okay to hold both because when you try to reconcile that by either cutting out human design or cutting out your belief system or, or what you've come to understand or come to know at the level of understanding that you have, what you do is invalidate your experience. And you also, you also lose the gold of the process. And the gold of the process is not that you can quote back to anyone all of the different gates and all of their meanings and all of their different expressions. That's not the gold. The gold is the freedom, the peace, the clarity that you get to live with, the freedom that you get to have because of your ability to understand and navigate your own experience. That's possible with and without human design. It's just human design is incredibly powerful for that if you don't weaponize it against yourself. Um, another way that I can kind of see um, this showing up, not kind of, I often see showing up is in our in the way that we self-identify. So I know for me, when I first found out that I, you know, my chart produced the manifester type, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a manifester. This, this explains why I've always felt so different and so unique my entire life. I now understand why when I walk in a room, you know, I have this impact and I, I wasn't necessarily trying to, and, and why I sometimes feel oblivious to other people in a way. And, and, you know, people kind of can't read me all the time. I, I get it now. And that's powerful. But before I was a manifester, I was still that person. I was still having that same experience. And now that I know I'm a manifester, guess what? I'm still having the same experience. That That's not just because I'm a manifester. Being a manifester is one of the ways we can we can frame that experience. We could also look at that in terms of my genetic makeup, my biology, 
many of you have, or let's say most of you have not had the chance to meet me in person, but I'm almost six feet tall. I'm a black woman. I am not a petite flower in any sense of the word. I am taller than most people. I tend to have presence um, in the way that I carry myself in general. Now, I've seen projectors with presence. I've seen generators with presence. So the presence isn't specific to a type. It's There's an aspect of me that that can be explained by being a manifester, but it's not limited to the explanation of being a manifester. And I say that because it's so important because when you meet certain manifestors, it's easy to picture them as the manifester and then try to line yourself up to what um, to to the aspects of them that you can kind of identify. I did this, just full confession, I did this a lot in the beginning when I met Holly. This is one of the reasons why in the Manifestor Mastery Certification, one of the things that we're going to offer um, in the next year, um, periodically throughout the next year, is called um, Catalytic Communion, Catalyzing Communion. We want to demonstrate and, and be able to show and model the spectrum of being a manifestor and all the way that the, all the ways that that looks like. You, I, many, I don't know if you all know, but human and human. Holly and I, our charts kind of mirror each other. She's a four, six. I'm a one, three. You know, she has some definition where I don't, I have some definition where she doesn't, you know, our makeup in general, she's quad left. I'm three parts, right. You know, so that we just have kind of this mirroring situation of each other. And for us, that makes for a very, um, I feel, I feel safe speaking for Holly in this way. Um, it, it creates for a very rich, um, partnership and friendship in a way. Um, we learn from each other and, and it makes for a, a wonderful experience, but it's because we're both able to hold our own experiences. I don't expect Holly to explain her manifestor experience like I do. And she doesn't ask me to explain my manifestor experience like she does. She doesn't ask me to see my life through her lens. And I don't ask her to see her life through my lens. And that's important. We don't lose our identity. We don't lose our individuality in our common appreciation for this science. We don't lose our identity. And the last area that I want to um, kind of touch on, by the way, if you want to be a part of those um, workshops, I think there's maybe three or four of them throughout the year. If you want to be a part of them, um, you'll just want to join the Manifestor Mastery Certification. I'll put um, a link in the show notes to join Full disclosure, it's my affiliate link. Um, it it gives me a, pip, a kickback, if you will, for sharing it with you and, and just helping you to see how it might be relevant for your experience or to rule it out as not relevant. Um, so I would love if you would use my link if you choose to join. Um, but yes, we'll offer those periodically throughout the year. And just the way to participate in those is through the certification. Um or the Manifestor Mastery pro Program. I don't know if it's only a certification. I don't think it's only a certification anymore. Look it up. Manifestor Mastery, the link will be in the show notes. Whatever that is, you get the catalytic communion workshops, I believe. Okay. Um, and the last example that I want to offer you all in terms of you know, ways that we can weaponize human design or that I've witnessed as we weaponize human design against ourselves is in our, um, in the choices that we make and the experiences that we create for ourselves. So I see this a lot when, um, how do I want to, I'm, I'm being cautious how I want to explain this. 
when I first found out about human design and, you know, I'm a line one, conscious line one, like, ma'am, sir, they, them, ladies, gentlemen, humans, I love to learn and I go deep as quickly as possible. Um, And so I was consumed with this knowledge of human design, but not everyone around me was willing to go down the rabbit hole quite as quickly as I was. And the the reality that that created, the experience I created for myself when doing that is I had a disproportionate level of knowledge to the people around me. So the relationships that I used to connect, you know, and have great conversation and casual conversation around or with those people, I no longer was able to not see our conversation and not see our interaction through the lens of human design because that's what had consumed my attention, my focus, my ethos. And that was beautiful. And some people wanted me to share that with them. And some didn't, some weren't interested. Some didn't want to continue the conversation. You know, a casual pass through was enough for them. Or some didn't want to know at all. It just wasn't the point of the conversation. And and they just wanted to share their experience. And they just wanted me to hear it as a friend and as a sister. And I wanted to explain to them how their life could be, you know, at least 10 points better if they would just understand that their type functions this way and how they're working. Like, I just wanted to go down the list and I thought for sure that I could just stare at them and tell you what their design is. And here's the thing. Sometimes I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong that if they could understand the system of human design, that they would see that they have options that they don't currently see. 100%. I wasn't wrong. It just wasn't relevant. That wasn't what we were talking about. We weren't talking about how I could help them solve their problem. We weren't talking about all the options I have found across my studies and in course of life. What we were talking about is them. We were talking about their experience. And the reason why I put this in the category of weaponizing human design against ourselves is because what we create for ourselves when when we become kind of this hammer for human design and all we see are nails that need to be knocked down What we lose is the juice of life, the relationships in life. We start seeing people as supportive or unsupportive. We we reduce our our connections and our support system to people who can either embrace this one aspect of us or people who can't. And here's the thing. No one has to accept 100% of everything you're interested in to fully accept you. They can love that you love that and still not want to know anything about it. There is value in that. Now being several years into this, I can tell you there is value in being connected to people who could care to fly and flips about human design. It it helps round out your understanding of the system when you don't have the luxury of talking to someone about their experience through the lens of human design. Yes, it's beautiful when you can, and we all know how amazing that feels when you can when you can just sit on a call. I mean, this y'all, I love doing it. I love sitting on a call and just talking the language with you and being able to explain everything through that. But please don't use that to please don't use the the goodness that that feels in and and use it to compare it to how it feels when you aren't able to use human design as a language. There is value in not explaining your experience this way. There is value in showing up to a relationship and not being able to lead with the the understanding that you're a manifester and you do things this way. There's value in not expecting the generator to know to, to respond or even to choose to respond. There's value in that. It makes you more more knowledgeable about the system than than when you're with people who choose to participate. See the the, the science of differentiation, human design is not an is not a 
personal development track that if everyone would just get on it, we would all get along and we would all feel better and life would be amazing and we would never have to deal with all of these these things. It is not a solution. It is an explanation of what might be considered a problem. So if the person you're talking to doesn't consider it a problem, then they're probably not looking for a solution. And they're probably not looking for a means to a solution either. And so it can be, it can be, um, we can easily sometimes forget to own that maybe the, the challenge isn't that they don't understand human design or they're not willing to connect with human design or they don't value human design. The challenge just might be they don't agree that there is a problem in your dynamic. Regardless of whether the solution or the, or the tool that you're going to use to work on that problem is human design, have you given them the opportunity to agree with you or to come into the awareness that you see that there is an opportunity for better in your relationship? If you haven't, then it's going to be very, very challenging to get the fullness out of the human design experience because human design isn't going to convince them that there's a better way for you all to be. Human design, if anything, is going to convince them that there's another way that they get to be. And that way might feel more adversarial to you than it does now. So I know, I know that I've gotten a little passionate, but this is something that I I think is so important. It shows up in our personal lives and in relationships, but I just want to make the connection. It also shows up in business. The skill sets that you bring to, to a business, to your offer, you're not bringing them because you're a manifester. We we can capture them. We can better understand how to support your giftings by understanding that you are a manifester type. But it isn't, you don't have those gifts because you're a manifester. You have your gifts because you're you. And so one of the best ways I can support you is when I understand how you function. And if you resonate with the way that human design explains the way that you function, all of the sudden it gets easier to help you, to support you, to mentor you in moving closer to who you want to be, to, to having what you desire to have, to doing what you desire to do. That is what I love to do with people. So um, I want to make it available. A couple of months ago, I opened up a Voxer uh, beta offer, which was just kind of a two-week period where I intensely coached via Voxer asynchronous. It's like a text messaging app, audio app, where I kind of just entered this two, two-week container with a group of people. And um, it wasn't group coaching. It was one-on-one. They got to work with me one-on-one. And we we established what we kind of wanted to explore, not, not just as a coach and as a someone who can help you with your offer and your marketing, but also just as a teacher of human design. And I showed them through their design what it's like to be them and how some of their gifts and talents show up in their chart. I helped them see their experience in their design and I helped them see how their design could be showing up differently in their experience. It was beautiful. I had so much fun. And so I want to do it again. So in addition to the link, the affiliate link to join the Manifestor Mastery Program, and that's great if you want to learn you know, high level, overarching, you know, a very deep understanding of what it means to be a manifester and what it's like and, and all of the nuances to that. If you want to know that at a kind of knowledge level, um, mastering the entire experience as a manifester, I highly recommend that program. If you want somebody to not give you a reading because you've maybe had a reading or you don't want somebody to just give you an hour of their time and just tell you what your chart says, but you want somebody to talk through you 
what does this actually look like in my life with my details, with the things that are going on with me, with the offer that I want to sell, with the relationships that I have, with the kids that I have, with the spouse that I have, with the opportunities that I have, with the culture that I have. If you want a very specific, individualized um kind of intense experience where we explore your chart and talk about what it looks like to be integrated into your experience. I would love to do that with you. And so there'll be a link in the show notes to apply for that. The way the process works is you fill out kind of just a brief questionnaire and just inform me. You inform me of your type, your name, kind of what you're thinking about, what interests you. Um, And then I will go through a period and accept the applications that I feel are aligned. And if I choose not to accept your application, I will give you an explanation of why. Typical reasons why I might not accept someone's application would be that we are constrained to the period of time and we are constrained to the format. So I won't be meeting with people in person. These are not Zoom calls. So I don't, I'm not using a screen to, you know, open up huge spreadsheets. So if you're talking about, um, not, not that typically people ask me for this, but let's just say like you wanted to, you know, scom- do bookkeeping by design or whatever. Like we probably would not do that within the two week time constraint. One, because that's not my field of expertise, but two, that this format of Voxer does not lend well to that. Um, also, if I get the sense that someone um, really wants to do more in their life, you know, business. Let's say they want to plan out an entire marketing strategy and they want to look up their offer and they want to pivot their business and they want to rebrand everything. If you're expecting that to be the result of a two-week time constraint, then my my kindest words to you are that you may not understand how um you may not understand the magnitude of your request. And so it would not be kind to me to accept an application where we don't understand kind of the scope of work or we can't come to an agreement on the scope of work. So that would be a reason why I would either ask clarifying questions or constrain the project, or if we can't come to agreement, I just wouldn't accept the application. Um, and lastly, um, another a reason why is not everyone comes to me uh, for business. Some people um, come to me because They know that they could get a reading, but what they really want is kind of this flowing conversation over a period of time. And another reason why I would not accept an application for something like that is if a person was expecting me to do deep coaching that typically needs to take time, take time, period, multiple sessions over multiple weeks, the the depth of, you know, work that they want to do is really not suited for an asynchronous conversation. The, the kinds of understanding that they want to process is not appropriate for, you know, a five minute audio here and then me five minute audio back. Like if that's not the best space and environment for the depth of conversation that they want to have, then I would just let them know that. And we would either do something else or we'd find another medium. So if that is something you want to do, I do offer one-on-one mentoring and coaching, but that would be a different offer. Um, And if you are interested in that, just put that in your application and I'll, I'll flag it and we'll kind of go down a different route there. But I am going to put the application link um, in the show notes along with the Manifestor Mastery Program. I am supportive of both, obviously, but mostly I'm just supportive of you, of not weaponizing human design against yourself, of not um, losing your sovereignty in the process, but to really use it to, to be, do, and have what you are here to be, do, and have, (laughs) Use it as a tool. You don't need permission, but it is so much easier when you have a path and when you have a process, when you have language. And that, I think, human design is unparalleled out 
unparalleled at, and I would love to be in that process with you. So let me know. Uh, Till next time. Talk soon. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.